This is Nick Hyam from TheWholenessOfExperience.com. Join me each Sunday at 4pm UK time, live on Zoom, and explore the nature of experience. For more information and to register your place, visit TheWholenessOfExperience.com. Non-duality must include, it must include our humanity. A knowledge of self must perfuse our humanity and our life. So our divine nature must know itself within all of us, all of us. And that self-knowledge diffuses into us and it becomes the source of greater and greater non-dual realization. You become knowing of yourself throughout all of your humanity. Every aspect of your humanity becomes a link to your non-duality. And that actually amplifies your realization of non-duality. The, the conflict between dual and non-dual dissolves in the realization of your own humanity as the seat of your divinity. And then your relationships with others, your relationships with the world, the way that you work, all of these things which at first you were taught were distractions, come full circle and end up becoming the fuel for your realization and the living of it, which then becomes more realization itself. You become like a, like a fire, like everything in your life is fuel to the fire of your divinity. There's something misleading about many non-dual teachings that I encountered where it was being sold as this like get out of jail free card like no matter what happens in your life this will be the antidote and that's very appealing because we have problems and we suffer and but what i've found is that none of them have been that none of them have lived up to it instead what I'm finding by going more and more into my humanity and my darkness is that life becomes smoother and I don't feel the need to have some perfectly ordered divine life. Like the messiness is, is sacred. There's a sacredness within chaos that once realized and understood more and more deeply makes life far smoother. And then you don't need to, like I don't feel the need to push away my life in the attempt to reach a spiritual ideal. Like I want the messiness of my life because I'm aware that the messiness is the fuel of my own divine realization. So I don't need to be in resistance to it. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. 
This is Nick Hyam from thewholenessofexperience.com. Here's part three of Paul Dobson's conversation with Jack Morrigan. The more I delve into the more difficult emotions, the darker parts of myself, the more I find there's a richness and a deep energy there that isn't always as as powerful in some of the more typical feelings that we prefer, like, you know, just general happiness and a sense of sort of half peace and kind of things like that. When I really delve into like anger and frustration and just difficulty of all kinds and really just allow myself to open to it, it feels like there's a deep well of power that isn't being tapped into there. Mm. That is just kind of screaming for my attention. Yes. And I, I thought we could just talk about that a little bit more. What's, what are the benefits of this stuff? Like there has to be a benefit to things for people to be interested in things whatsoever. If it just makes things worse and worse and worse, <laughs> nobody's going to be interested. Yeah. And it, so I think if, to give it a little context, like when I, I think like many people, when I started to have spiritual experiences and to read spiritual books and non-dual books, I I got the feeling that if I find this special place, this non-dual place, and make it my home, all of my life's problems will magically be solved. That nothing else will matter. Like, this is the only thing to focus on. And it's usually, or it's often presented like that. So that's what I did. But I found that it didn't really play out like that. And my problems were still there. And in fact, for me, they really, they got louder. It's like the light of awareness that I had found was now shining on all the problems in my life. All of the parts of my psyche that I'd been running from for so long. And and they became unavoidable. The things, the little tricks that I had done to avoid them in the past no longer worked. It's like the light was too bright and I couldn't unsee what I was seeing within myself and within my life. So I had to do something about it. It wasn't that I was some great saint who was coming down from my lofty mountain to solve all the problems of my life and solve other people's problems from some majestic, perfectly undisturbed place. It was more that the light of awareness demanded that I take action. And really, I was dragged kicking and screaming back into my life to deal with everything. And that was very challenging. It was a challenging experience. And if the light of my awareness weren't strong, I wouldn't have done it. I would have carried on avoiding it for as long as I possibly could. And I would have continued to go into spirituality and focus on that and do all of those things because I didn't want to face this stuff. I didn't want to face my relationship issues and my emotional pain. I didn't want to face the challenges that had happened in my 
childhood and that remained within me. I didn't want it to face any of that, but I had to. And as I began working on it, people started coming into my life to support me in that work, whether that was my spiritual teacher or therapists or my ex-partner, like people came in to help, not, not directly sometimes, sometimes it was indirect, but it felt very much like life was supporting me in that journey. And the benefits of that, you know, like eight years on, are enormous. I never used to be able to talk about my emotional life. I never used to be able to share myself with other people. I felt like I was living inside a shell and that the true me was never really coming out. And what's happened over time is that I feel more and more and more comfortable expressing myself. And it comes from having gone within myself and known myself. Like because I'm able to actually meet myself and learn the parts of me that I'm frightened of and bring those back together within me, it no longer dominates my life and limits my life in the same way, which means that I'm more free to express myself, which means that my the quality of my relationships has improved enormously because I tend to attract people now who are similar, who are able to express themselves and be themselves and being in relationship with people who want you to be you and that you want them to be them, it just creates so much more nourishment and health mm. in those experiences together. There's a temptation, again, within non-duality is to dismiss this me thing, isn't there? <laughs> to push this me thing, whatever it happens to be, whether it's just a flow of thoughts whether it's just a sensation, whatever it happens to be, this kind of personality thing to one side and say, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the self is all that matters. And realizing the self is all that matters. And we spoke about this in the last episode, of course. And I think that there is, that's a very important thing. That's the first thing to do is like realize the self, like know the self, know yourself is beyond this life. But then this is almost like the return journey we're talking about, yeah. I feel. Yeah. As you're coming back into the world, you're once again chopping wood, carrying water. Mm. <laughs> mountains are once again mountains. Yes. <laughs> waters are once again waters. You know, so it's now coming back into the world, you know yourself as the self, but now how how do I bring this into my life? Yeah. That's kind of the the perspective from which we're talking about this. Yeah. But I can also feel that that perspective of maybe someone who might be listening saying, well, I'm I'm really into non-duality. I want to realize the non-dual nature of everything. Yeah. And they hear this. And I wonder in what way we can can say this is this is part of it too, and what are the benefits <laughs> from a non-dual context? Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's a great great point. And and if you're listening to this and and your focus is on, on those non-dual realizations, first of all, that's a wonderful aspiration to go into. 
And it's really important for most of us to have that aspiration and to go into it wholeheartedly. And at the same time, there are pointers in many traditions about the return journey, like you just said, Paul, and how we can have these transcendent experiences that are really wonderful and teach us a lot about who we are, yet there is still, there is still the, the realization of living your non-dual nature as a human being. For me, non-duality must include, it must include our humanity. A knowledge of self must perfuse our humanity and our life. So our divine nature must know itself within our, all of us, all of us. And that self-knowledge diffuses into us and it becomes the source of greater and greater non-dual realization. You become knowing of yourself throughout all of your humanity. Every aspect of your humanity becomes a link to your non-duality. And that actually amplifies your realization of non-duality. The, the conflict between dual and non-dual dissolves in the realization of your own humanity as the seat of your divinity. And then your relationships with others, your relationships with the world, the way that you work, all of these things which at first you were taught were distractions come full circle and end up becoming the fuel for your realization and the living of it, which then becomes more realization itself. You become like a, like a fire, like everything in your life is fuel to the fire of your divinity. I love that. It all burns up in the non-dual fire, ultimately, which includes all of this human humanness, <laughs> all of these feelings, all of these emotions, all of these relationships and interactions and ways of being with yourself, about ways of being with others, sensations in the bodies, difficulties in the body, just everything. It includes the whole lot. It It's... To put it in simple non-dual terms, I guess it would be just like God realizing itself everywhere, everywhere, realizing itself to be absolutely everywhere and, and nowhere it is not. Not as some philosophy, though, not as some idea that we just kind of go, we have in the back of our mind and just kind of approach life with, oh, I, I kind of intellectually know it's all God. So, you know, yeah, you are me and all of that kind of stuff. It's like, no, it's like I really felt really tangible feeling of all is God. And like that fire you're talking about seems to burn and it, it you know, it sets a light in your heart to start with in maybe in the non-dual, the ultimate beginning of the non-dual realization. 
and then it kind of it starts burning away at all of the various aspects of your life and what shadow work is i feel is just throwing bits of kindling onto that fire letting it burn a little bit deeper let it burn into the the depths of of where the fire doesn't seem to be yeah it can then burn even there all of the, the bits of yourself you wouldn't want anyone to see but like mm. that you've just kept you've even hidden from yourself you've even hidden from your own awareness yeah even if the self if the self doesn't work for you then fine you've hidden from your own awareness like the awareness can't even get to some parts of of you yeah because you've just hidden it so well it's so pushed down and the fire can burn begin to burn even there and i guess that's another way of looking at what shadow work is it's just a fire burning everything leaving nothing behind and once this has begun the fire kind of you know it's it's just unstoppable mm. <laughs> it, this is the process and i suppose what we're talking about is being able to do this process consciously yes. smoothly <laughs> knowingly as opposed to it being forced upon you in some crazy way in the way it was in your experience and and to an extent in my experience as well in a similar kind of manner yeah it's like awareness wants to make contact with every part of you and putting that in a non-dual context to my mind that makes perfect sense because it's going non-duality is going to want to become as non-dual as it can you know like within everything not only within its own self, but within all reflections of itself. And it, that's what I see our lives as, like this perpetual self-discovery. And as you say, that can come up randomly and it can come up as chaos in our lives. It can come up as the problems in our lives which we aren't consciously addressing. We aren't bringing awareness to. We don't know why these things are happening. So the non-dual approach to that would be, well, you make it conscious. You, you make, you bring your non-dual realization to it so that you can reveal the self, yourself within it and bring yourself back together not only as a as a non-physical self a divine self but within your physical self your social self within all dimensions of yourself and that's to my mind that's this reunification process which we can do through shadow work and and darkness integration and then we are choosing to do it consciously. We are choosing to bring awareness into that aspect of our life, which means that we have choice. It means that we have power. It means that we have intention. We, we are becoming more masterful in our life. And it requires awareness of our emotions, of our subconscious, it requires courage and bravery to go into those places. Mm. Yeah, that seems to be a key. In my own experience, that seems to be a key quality is a, well, two things, willingness and courage. 
which at various times in my life, I haven't had that willingness and courage. So things have got pushed down and not looked at and just gone deeper and deeper. But the feeling of when I go, I'm willing to go into these feelings, there's definitely a feeling of courage there because you don't know what you're going to find. It's a definitely very much like being a small child with the lights turned off or something and you don't know what's in the dark. And the only way to find that there's no monsters in the dark is to actually look. <laughs> you know, I heard Gangaji say, actually, you've got to look under the bed to find that there's no monsters there. Yeah. Like <laughs> until you look under the bed, you're going to believe that those monsters are so awful and they become more and more awful. But when you actually shine, you could say shine the light of awareness on that, on the darkness. And you, that's the only way of actually finding that there's nothing there to be mm. afraid of. Even the feelings that do feel like fear themselves, that's not even something to be afraid of. Yeah, It's just not being... Now, fear is very interesting. The dark, the dark parts of ourselves are very interesting. They're very, I wouldn't say they're, they're intelligent, but not overwhelmingly intelligent. They're like, they're, they're clever. They know how to make you kind of strategize almost to avoid them. They're very good at creating strategies to be avoided. So just, just saying, don't look directly at me, essentially. <laughs> do any kind of strategy like look over there do this you know go and even go and do some non-dual inquiry sometimes in my own experience has been a way of strategizing away from mm. from looking at it directly non-dual inquiry is a great thing i always advocate that but there's times where i've used it to try and get into this subtler state that doesn't have to deal with <laughs> this stuff mm -hmm. and there's times i've used meditation like that and psychedelics and anything actually anything in my life can be used in that way rather than looking directly at it so when i do that it becomes a bigger thing it becomes something to be more fearful of it becomes scarier because it's it's kind of like telling me on, as a feedback system oh this is something to be avoided and the more i avoid it the more it's telling me like on some kind of feedback loop oh this is to be avoided <laughs> so when you actually do look at it it might be challenging it might need a lot of courage but it's incredibly worthwhile because i i'm i can almost guarantee that there's nothing anywhere near as scary as what you think there <laughs> to mm. actually when you actually look at it when you're directly with it it presents as all kind of sensations and tensions and thoughts that go along with it but when you're just with these sensations and tensions that are there and you start to ask yourself is there a part of me that's kind of enjoying this? Is there a part of me that's like, can be really curious and interested by this? You start looking at it and it's suddenly not what you thought it was. It's just not what you thought it was. That's the first thing I'd notice is it's not what I thought it was. So, okay, actually, this may be more neutral than I thought it was to start with. This may not be as heavy and dark and dense and horrible as I thought it was. When I look at it directly and I don't, I don't kind of go via some story I have with it and kind of mix those two together and like create this hellish nightmare out of the situation. When I just go directly to the feelings that maybe even the story is evoking, but make the, just the feelings itself. We'll look at that directly. I go, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought it was. There's something a bit more here. And what I tried something really interesting recently is, is um, 
I tried turning that up, like cranking it up. Mm. You know, it's just like to talk about counterintuitive. We want to get away from these feelings generally. But I was like, let's go into it. Let's make this an absolute fucking nightmare of a situation and turn these feelings right up. Like, you know, you're an idiot. Like, mm. why did you do this in the past? You can't believe you. Like, yes, you should feel guilty. And just like almost shouting. Mm. And it becomes, when you turn them up like that, it becomes more obvious that it's ridiculous that that those are all ways of getting you to not look at the energy itself in a sense it's all kind of like defense mechanisms of the energy to kind of get you to not look at it in my own experience of it yeah and it becomes a bit cartoonish almost like i actually started laughing last night because i i was noticing this mechanism and i turned it all the way up i i actually leaned fully into it i like not even just leaned into it, just went fully into it. Like, okay, let's make this as horrible for myself as possible and see how that feels. See how that, that feels. <laughs> mm. See if there's anything to be really, that is horrible to be scared of there. And it all just became like quite laughable really because the strategies were presented in an obvious way because they weren't being pushed away. They were being encouraged. And then I could have a prop, once they were encouraged, I could have a proper look at them. But to go back to my previous point, that took courage to get to get to that <laughs> you know you have to have the courage to trust that you're going to be okay you know there's a kind of trust as well you've got to trust that you're going to be okay through this there's no fear that it's going to kill you you're going to be okay ultimately <laughs> yeah but you've got to look you have to look otherwise you'll it will control your life and i think like uh, i'm going back to the kind of the benefits of shadow work and my own experience and what I've found through doing this work is that I have a much greater knowledge of my own fears and my own, you know, anger and sadness and all of those things. I have a much greater awareness of their origins within my life. And that gives me a certain amount of power when they're triggered. So recently I moved to a new city and I moved in with a couple of people who I'd never met in person before. And I've spent the last few years really either living by myself or living with family. So I haven't done much socializing in person. I've done most of my socializing online, do most of my work online. So, and, and I had a traumatic childhood where people were physically violent and abusive to me in my home. So the home is a, is a triggering place for me. It, it's a place that reminds me of dangerous memories, fearful memories. So coming into a new place, a new city with new people triggered that. But the difference is that in the past, I wouldn't have known what was happening. It would just be coming up and I'd feel overwhelmed and afraid and just isolate myself and create stories in my mind about like the negative things about these people, like criticizing them as a way to give myself a justification to not spend time with them because spending time with them was frightening because it was triggering memories from my past, which I didn't even realize were just memories emotional memories even. The emotional memory of fear 
in being physically attacked as a child by my parents who are supposed to take care of me. And that memory still being in my body and not being integrated within the non-duality of my divinity. You know, it's, it's separate, it's isolated, even with having some non-dual experiences. So then being here, I, I felt that being triggered, but what happened was that I was very able to see what was happening, hold it within my awareness, and it was essentially eaten up or absorbed into me. And in a short space of time, I felt very comfortable here and have become friends with the people that I live with. And I'm benefiting from that now. I'm feeling mm. much more at ease around people in general. And that means that I get to enjoy that time and those interactions together, which I wouldn't have had otherwise. That's lovely, man. That's, see, this stuff, yeah, once again, I, we keep underline, underlining this point, but it's, this stuff isn't separate from non-duality. To me, and I've got an extensive background in non-duality and, and the, the more Advaitic stuff, the Dzogchen stuff, like I, I've done a lot of research and explored those modes of, reality you know those modes of investigation as fully as i can you know obsessively at times over years and years and years to me this isn't separate from from all of that this is yeah you still you still continue living a life i, I another really good point is that if you're listening to this and you're in the west and you live in a city or something like that you're not sitting on a mountaintop in india or the himalayas you know it's it's, it's that's not your life you're not you're not 200 to a thousand years ago sitting in a tiny little like village on a mountain somewhere or full of people who are only meditating you are in the middle of like this chaos you've been born into chaos there's a, an idea that you and I like to entertain sometimes, don't we? Um, but maybe we've all done that. Maybe the people in these situations, in in houses and in the middle of cities and more, let's say, stressful situations, lots more interactions, much more relationship stuff, lots more, a lot more humans, a lot more noise, a lot more stress, a lot more work. People that are in that kind of situation maybe we've already done this before and maybe this is the next phase is to bring the mountaintop but down into the into the cities maybe that could be the next phase i'm not saying it is for sure this is a theory <laughs> i always like to put that warning point in when, when when there are theories this isn't an absolute truth but it would make sense to me that say life is an unfolding mastery of itself it would start itself where it might be easier to recognize itself at the top of a mountain, a guru sitting in a hut, no distractions, no issues, just enlightened guru sitting in a hut, very, very, very simple, very, a very thin, like fabric between the guru and the absolute to be seen, but he can just almost walk straight through with a little bit of meditation and inquiry. And then, <laughs> then we've got this, which to be honest, like to put some blunt words on it is a bit of a shit show. 
And <laughs> it's a mess. Life is messy. Life is chaotic and stressful and messy and you can't keep it all tidy. There's lots to work through. There's lots of difficulties. It's a lot more hard. It's a lot harder to realize for self, to see the self from there firstly, but then it's a lot, a lot harder to then bring that self knowing into everyday life. It's very, very difficult <laughs> yeah. um, because there's a lot of different stresses. So I'd like to just anyone that's listening, just to give yourselves a break for a second <laughs> because you're not, you're not, Unless you are living in India on a mountaintop, in, in which case, best of luck to you. Like, I'm slightly jealous of your situation. But um, if most people listening to this will be in a similar situation to us, I imagine. And there's a beauty to that because you're bringing that into the world. It's, it's the game being played at a very difficult level. And to give yourself some credit and to honour yourself a bit, that you are doing your best to to do a very, very difficult task, which is bringing this as fully as you can into the chaotic world around you. And there are guaranteed to be trigger points. You know, I know lots of different people who could be said to be realised. You know, they're, you know, they are, they've achieved, you could say, in non-dual terms, what there is to be realised in non-duality. Yet they are open with me and they, they have life struggles. <laughs> mm. So it's it's a reconciliation of those things. I think that's and, such uh, an important point, like to realize that you aren't alone in your struggles and that there are people that you might look up to as exemplars of non-dual realization who are also going through their struggles. And there's a kind of, I feel like it's almost like there's something misleading about many non-dual teachings that I encountered where it was being sold as this like get out of jail free card. Like no matter what happens in your life, this will be the antidote. And that's very appealing because we have problems and we suffer. And but what I've found is that none of them have been that. None of them have lived up to it. Instead, what I'm finding by going more and more into my humanity and my darkness is that life becomes smoother and I don't feel the need to have some perfectly ordered divine life like the messiness is is sacred there's a sacredness within chaos that once realized and understood more and more deeply makes life far smoother and then you don't need to like, I don't feel the need to push away my life in the attempt to reach a spiritual ideal. Like, I want the messiness of my life because I'm aware that the messiness is the fuel of my own divine realization. So I don't need to be in resistance to it. And then it links back to certain teachings because it's a state of non-resistance. 
so it fits within non-duality, the nature of non-duality being complete openness to all things, complete non-resistance to all things. And in my experience, what happened was that that realization was challenged by the maelstrom of life. And it was like an invitation to say, can you wed the darkness and the light? Can you be both? Can you live in the non-duality of that dynamic equilibrium? And that's the call of my life, which takes place in the crucible of my humanity. Mm, beautiful, man. Yeah, I love what you said, um, that the chaos becomes the fuel for your realization. I think I've, you and me have spoken about this before, when I've gone into, been doing this stuff where I've purposely like leaning into the dark and the difficulties. I've said to you before that the, the fears and everything become a kind of a, a fuel for laughter. In my own experience, it's a very bizarre thing. I think it's a similar, it's a similar sort of seeing there that there's some, it's almost seeing, I think the laughter is that there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of it. There's mm. nothing wrong with the chaos. It's all sacred. The difficulty in the chaos is sacred. And there's laughter that actually the recognition of from that perspective, which is the, could be said to be the true perspective from like awareness or experience, you know, or the soul perspective, whichever framework you want to work within, it wants to experience everything. It wants to experience absolutely everything. It's all seen as sacred to it. But yet our bodies are kind of in, in they're in time and space. So there's this weird situation where the body can't seem to get on board with that straight away. It's like awareness already is unconditionally loving everything that arises. It's just a fact. If you look at your own experience, anything that your experience experiences in your experience because it's already been allowed in so to speak it already is loved because it is awareness is absolutely soaking it all up and it doesn't see it as good or bad or anything yet we as as the human part of awareness the expression kind of works within time and space and can't see that necessarily all immediately so it has to go through this seeming process of what you and i refer to as integration and this is what we're doing. We're integrating that that view into the human life. Mm. So it's like a full spectrum, comprehensive view of things. You know, the human gets to partake in the enjoyment of that view. And it seems like the two are becoming, this is all how it seems to me. I can't say again, I can't say this is an absolute truth. This is how it seems in my experience of it. It's like the human is becoming in line with awareness. Yeah, The expression is becoming in line with the, the, well, the source of the expression. It's like the two are tuning into each other in some way. Like you say, they wed. And of course, in non-duality, there's not actually two, but this is how it certainly seems in, in our experience, you know. The human expression is is kind of, it's got this stuff to work through. It's got this stuff in the body, all these difficult, dark emotions, these difficult, dark experiences it's pu pushed down into into itself that it doesn't want to ever look at and this is it just being you could say 
eaten up by the divine. It's wedding the divine, as you put it. This is how it looks. This is how it just looks. We're kind of, it's the, yeah, the photo, it's like a plant photosynthesizing or something. You know, it's just like, it's all the natural way this works. It has to have a process to it, even though in the immediacy, we are already that, as has been said so many times in non-duality. We're already that. We're already God. We're already the absolute. Already. But then there's this process through our, in our human lives. Yeah. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. And it, what it brings to my mind is the a phrase that Ajashanti uses sometimes of an enlightened duality, which I think has a lot of people scratching their heads. He also uses a phrase called the numinous individual. And the numa is like the soul. And the way I interpret those particular phrases is that he's talking about something similar to what we're talking about here. It's it's the realization that the that duality and individuality are not in any way in conflict with non-duality. And I think this is an obstacle for a lot of people because there's so much of a focus on this seemingly perfectly non-dual realization that for a time they need to push away duality and need to push away their own individual life. However, as you mentioned before, there's that famous phrase, first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, and then there is. Like, there is a return movement where the non-dual state becomes realized within duality, within humanity. And that actually makes it more non-dual, not less. Because the wedding of dark and light, of matter and spirit, dissolves separation. And that just carries on. Like, it's not that you have a non-dual realization and then suddenly it's all done. Some people use that term, <laughs> which I find quite hilarious, because the only thing that would desire it to be done is our own disconnected egoic self. In truth, the infinite has no conclusion. How could the infinite ever have a conclusion? It can't. It's by its very mm. nature. So it must perpetually know itself deeper. So that then invites us into our humanity back in because we realize that in so doing we will actually become more realized not less <laughs> <laughs>